First today to the big deals and potential transactions in corporate Australia that have peppered the end of this year. There was the $18 billion attempt by Brookfield and EIG to take over Origin Energy. And of course, you remember we, recovered, we covered that. That was rejected. This week, reports have emerged that the giant energy company Woodside has approached the South Australian-based Santos about a potential merger. And of course, we might see the marriage of the chemist warehouse chain with the lesser known listed company Sigma, which would spawn a very big retail baby. To discuss why this is all happening now and whether it once again raises questions about Australia's concentrated economy, I'm happy to be joined again by the ABC's business editor, Ian Verinder. Hi there. Good to be here, Geraldine. Uh, Ian, is there a reason, do you think, that these mergers and takeovers are playing out now? Well, like I'll tell you what, this year has been one of the quietest years uh, when it comes to mergers and acquisitions for quite some time. And in fact, up until around about September, takeover activity was down around about 30% on the previous year, on 2022, and, and was the slowest since 2019, which was before the pandemic. So it was extraordinarily quiet all this year. And there's a couple of Pretty good reasons for that, and the you know the primary one, which we've all been talking about and labouring under, I guess since uh, you know for, for more than a year now, is interest rates. So interest rates were were going up, that created uh, a lot of uncertainty. And when interest rates rise, it you know increases the cost of money. If you're going to do a big takeover, it's going to cost you big licks of cash, and so you're constantly sort of recalibrating how much more you're going to be paying um, for interest on on the money you, you're borrowing to do the takeover. Of course, there's a lot more uncertainty when that happens. And then there was also the fear of a recession, which meant that which would mean if it did occur that the value of all your target, you know, that you're trying to buy would be probably go down. And so there's this concern that you possibly overpaying for what you're what you're buying so that tended to I guess crimp any ambitions uh, for takeovers and uh, that now has suddenly relaxed I guess with most businesses now seeing that the the end of the rate hiking cycle is either upon us right now if or if not it's it's very much uh, in the in the near future and now of course we've got all this talk about interest rates going down so that's you know reverse the mm. psychology so there are companies out there now looking to buy. Yes, I just wondered how ANZ, you know, made that big bid for Suncorp Bank and was knocked back by the ACCC in the middle of the year. And they were get ready to put up $4.9 billion worth of capital. And they've said they're looking at, they're looking at these people, uh, you know, thinking of M&As and they might even come back. That's right. I mean, the, the ACCC has got, a, you know, a, I guess a terrible job to have to uh, preside over because I often compare the Australian corporate world to uh, to Noah's Ark. You know, we've got uh, we've got two of everything. You know, we used to have two big brewers. We've got two airlines. We've got two steelworks. You know, there's always just the pair of things. We've gotten down to the bare minimum in many industries of, of what it takes to actually have any kind of competition whatsoever. And of course, there's a lot of industries, privatised industries in particular, where there's near monopolies uh, over over the economy. And so, when you look at banking, and you, you mentioned uh, and Z and Suncorp there. The only reason we've got four big banks is because the uh, the ACCC has refused to allow them to uh, to to get down any smaller mm. than four. But we've still got uh, you know quite a few little banks out there, and so they're out there trying to scrabble around to pick up whatever they can to boost their market share. So in terms of mergers, I mean the most visible company for most Australians would be this chemist warehouse, 
one, which is very interesting. There are over 500 franchisee pharmacies in the Chemist Warehouse network, but it's been in private ownership. And if that deal does go ahead, it becomes publicly listed. Now, can you explain, please, how this reverse takeover would work? Well, look, Chemist Warehouse is a privately owned company and it's controlled by two families, the Gantz family and the Verocci family. And uh, they've been in business really since the 70s. Uh, Jack Gantz and his brother Sam uh, opened uh, or had a, a uh, pharmacy and, uh, you know, back in, uh, where was it, in the northern suburbs of Melbourne in a suburb called Reservoir. And uh, I think they hired uh, Mr. Verocci um, later on, probably about eight years later, because he spoke Italian uh, and because the area that they operated out of was mostly Italian speakers. So that was the reason he ended up with working with them. Now, they've since managed to parlay that into an $8 billion empire, really. Uh, it's quite an extraordinary story. Uh, it, Chemist Warehouse operates in the opposite way to most pharmacies. Most pharmacies make the bulk of their money out of selling prescriptions and providing medicines to uh, to people. Uh, Chemist Warehouse does the opposite. It's got a very big front part of the store where you've got uh, perfumes and uh, all sorts of cosmetics and vitamins and, and a whole host of different things. It's really a retail operation. It so it makes about 70% of its profits from the front part of the store and 30% from the, from the actual supplying of medicines. Um, look, both families t- do have direct involvement in the pharmacy, pharmacy industry, though, because several of the members of these uh, both families are actually pharmacists and operate their own operations. And look, there's an interesting little tale, I guess, with Chemist Warehouse. They had about half a dozen uh, pharmacies by around about the mid-90s when they really started to take off. And what they do is they bought the shell of, a, of a, what was then known as a friendly society. And friendly societies back then, there was a loophole in the law that allowed them to buy, own as many pharmacies as you as you wanted. That loophole closed around about the mid-2000s, um, but uh, not before the uh, the two families managed mm. to really amass a huge empire. And then since then, because they haven't been able to buy more pharmacies, they're, uh, they've basically uh, employed a franchise model so that there's, uh, there's now it's such a widespread operation. Well, and it, as I said, you know, it's an $8 billion company. Indeed. In, in fact, Elizabeth Knight, business columnist, said if it goes ahead, um, it'll be to retail pharmacies what Bunny is to hardware, what JB Hi-Fi is to electronics, or Endeavour is to booze. So I suppose, you know, it'll be very, very interesting over the uh, Christmas break to watch that. Now, I do want to ask you about Woodside and Santos. It's In the energy world, this is very interesting that Woodside is interested in Santos. Woodside's the more global company, isn't it? Why would it want Santos? Uh, look, Woodside just underwent, you know, in the last couple of years, a major restructure on, on, on itself, where it bought out BHP's uh, petroleum and ba- basically, you know, fossil fuel businesses, gas and petroleum, particularly concentrated uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. BHP decided that fossil fuels were not the way to uh, uh, the future, and they would uh, get out of that business, which they've been doing rather rapidly, you'd have to say. They've been selling down coal and everything else. And Woodside essentially has doubled down on fossil fuels and bought that uh, that business. It's transformed them into a into a massive organization. And of course, I mean they're already huge to start with, but this is that really, you know, ramped up the the uh, the business there. But of course 
they, they also did extraordinarily well out of the invasion of Ukraine when uh, the, the price of fuel, fossil fuels, really skyrocketed. Now they seem to be going one more, one you know, a roll of the dice again to try and join forces with Santos. Santos, um, it's a it's a, an Australian company. It's long well, been it's a, a gas la- operator. Sorry to interrupt, but it's one of the last remaining big players based in Adelaide and one does wonder whether hmm. South Australians would like this to happen. Probably not. Um, you know, Adelaide's been diminishing as a, as a corporate centre for, for many, many years, decades really. And for a very long time, the South Australian government had a stranglehold over Santos and had uh, really strict limits on how many, uh, how much of a, of a stake uh, any potential buyer could amass so that essentially it was takeover proof. But Sandos is also a very big gas exporter. It's got a major terminal up in uh, Queensland where it exports a lot of our LNG. Uh, there's three big terminals up there and Santos is the controller of one of them. Origin is the, as controls one of the others. So, you know, they're, they're very big export companies and of course gas has been one of our big export earners over the past uh, 10 years or so. So it's, uh, look, I find it unusual that uh, new of this has leaked out at this point um, because there isn't a deal on the table as yet, nothing to go to shareholders. And I wonder uh, whether or not the deal has struck some kind of um, rocky patch where one party yeah. has decided to be a little loose with the uh, with the information and try to go the other party across the line. So oh. this is often what happens in these kind of situations where you get uh, somebody going, well, you know, if I can't go, I'll just let this out of the bag. Your share price will go up as a result, and then how are you going to explain to you to your shareholders that if this deal doesn't go ahead, their shares aren't going to be worth as much? <laughs> All right, Ian. Well, that's lots to watch for. Uh, have a, a lovely summer break, and thank you for all your chats over the year. Thanks very much, Geraldine. It's a pleasure. Up, that's Ian Verinder, the ABC's business editor. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.